Hey, Junior here. Thanks for hitting play. We got a shorter one today, but I hope it packs a powerful punch. You know, the night before Jesus was crucified, two disciples were arguing over who would get to sit at Jesus' right and left. Not 24 hours later, two other men were on Jesus' right and left. This is their story. The morning sun rises on the mountain city. A beautiful pink hue fills the sky. It chases away the darkness, but not the spiritual darkness. The thick spiritual darkness that seems to hold this city captive, that darkness will stay for now. Jesus has pulled many all-nighters, but this has been the longest, listening to false accusation after false accusation after paid testimony. And as the morning sun pierces through the windows, the trial room is illuminated. You visibly see the fatigue in Jesus, the, the crusted blood that lines part of his face from sweating drops of blood just hours earlier. The bags under his eyes will soon be swollen from the beatings that await. He's quickly stood to his feet and pushed into Jerusalem streets. Armed guards yank him down alleyways. The palm branches that laid on the road for Jesus just days before and now crumbled on the sides of the road, withered, wilted, and trampled underfoot. After meeting with Pilate, Jesus once again finds himself walking these same streets one last time. Pieces of skin hang off his back, parts of his ribs, the white ribs show through the flesh. And a rough-hewn cross is laid on his back, sending shards of wood straight into his mangled shoulder. The sun now hangs directly overhead, heating the limestone street. It was just days ago, Hosanna echoed off these buildings. Now it's the sound of chains dragging along the cobblestones, smearing the blood dripping from Jesus' beard. The two others, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, the skull, this is likely a rock quarry off the, off the main area. This is not on top of a hill, but at the bottom of a rock face, a skull rock face that provides the perfect backdrop for the excruciating deaths that will take place here. And onlookers gather around the spooky place. Oh, they've seen victims slaughtered here before. This is the spot they always try to avoid as they walk by. Bodies typically hang here. It's why there's a chill in the warm air. But this is different. To be here, to see him. They nailed him to the cross. The voice that calms storms. The voice that casted out demons, the voice that taught scripture, the voice that raised the dead, to hear that voice scream out in pain, sound alone destroys something inside of you. And to see those hands, those hands that healed limbs, those hands that picked up children, those hands that fed thousands, to see those same hands pierced brings inexplicable spiritual pain for God to take on flesh only for us to rip it off him. God who gives us breath now struggles to catch his own. How can he put words to these feelings? The criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. 
There's so many of our senses struggle with this, the smell of the wooden crosses, the, the, the sound of the screams, the sight of bloody Jesus hanging between two criminals. It's just everything is wrong. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Aren't you God? Prove it. Convince me. Win me over. Get me out of this. And this has been or is many of us. If you're real, God, prove it. Show me you love me. Show me you're legit. Get me out of this. Save me from my financial death. Save me from my relational torture. Prove yourself. It's this guy. Aren't you God? And why am I hanging here if you're God? Why am I going through this if you're God? If you're God, save yourself and, and bring us along with you. As if God owes him. And Jesus doesn't respond. Oh, he could. Save you? It's exactly what I'm doing, genius. That's why I came. That's why I hang here, to do exactly that, to save you. But Jesus says nothing. Why? Because what this criminal wanted, Jesus wasn't interested in. This criminal wanted physical saving. Rid me of my nails, heal my flesh, break my chains. And Jesus is hanging there thinking, oh, I came for more than that. This criminal wanted to be rid of his nails. Jesus wanted to rid him of his sin. The criminal wanted healing of his flesh. Jesus wanted healing of his spirit. This criminal wanted physical freedom. Jesus wanted spiritual freedom. Jesus wanted more for him. That's why he hung there. But this criminal can't control God. And so he'll miss out on the bigger offer that God has for him. The second criminal speaks up. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Is you yourself into the same sentence of condemnation? You're about to die, man. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. I, in other words, I, I deserve this. Jesus, you don't have to get me out of this. I deserve this. This is what I get. And there's an, there's an admittance here. It's like this beautiful confession here. I, I deserve this. I deserve these nails. I deserve these wounds. I deserve these chains. I'm a sinner. I'm a wretch. I have this coming. This mess is mine. God, you owe me nothing. And then he says that, and maybe you've heard it. Jesus, remember me when you, when you go into your kingdom. Are you grasping the, 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 this dire moment here? Their lives are about to end. The countdown is nearing zero. Like, this is it. The second criminal breathlessly looks at mangled Jesus and, and gets out. Can you just remember me when you walk into your kingdom? And somehow, some way, he gets it. You're God, and you're here to do more than physically save me. Because physically, you're worse off than me right now. You're here for more, it's obvious. This criminal doesn't try to control Jesus. He doesn't try to bargain with Jesus. This criminal realizes he's got nothing to offer. Nothing. And this right here is a feeble plea from a desperate man who realizes everything he's getting, he deserves. And so there the three of them hang. The sun directly overhead, yet unnaturally darkening now 
Skull Rock provides the backdrop. Jesus, I know you're a king. I, I know you're going to go into your kingdom now. Can you just somehow, in some way, remember me? Whatever that even means fully. And Jesus' response is strikingly powerful. Breathing deep to be able to speak, he gets out, I assure you, today. Not, not when you go work things out. Not when you get your act together, criminal. Not when you got something to offer me. Not when you got some sort of bargaining chip. Not when you can come back to me and quote me some sort of Bible verse. No, right now, in the most feeblest of moments of yours, when you have nothing to bring to the table, I assure you, right now, right here, I promise you today, you will be with me in paradise. You want me to remember you when I walk into my kingdom, I'll do you one better. Why don't, you, why don't we walk in together? This is why Good Friday is good. A criminal died a criminal, but he woke up a child of God. He traded a rap sheet for an inheritance, a future in hell for a future of heaven. The first criminal missed out. He wanted the physical. He wanted to control God. The other criminal got everything. He realized his spiritual need. He realized he had nothing to offer, had nothing, and was owed nothing. And you think about the beauty of this. That day, a criminal walked into paradise as God returned to it. God left paradise and returned with a criminal, a bunch of criminals. Because the truth is, we're the criminals in this story. And so often when we think of the crucifixion, we picture ourselves at the foot of the cross looking up as one of the onlookers. Ah, no, no, you're not an onlooker. We're the criminal. The question is, is which criminal are you? Which side of Jesus do you hang on? The majority are the first. It's what they get from Jesus. Save me from the physical. Show me you're real. Show me you love me. Give me. And often that is met with silence. It's the second criminal that sees salvation. I have nothing to bring. I have nothing to bargain with. I am nothing. I am owed nothing. But I want you and you're everything. And it's there Jesus meets us and gives us something far, far more than physical. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for this wonderful truth. We thank you that you sent your son for criminals like us. Father, we thank you that God put on skin for us to literally rip it off out of love. In fact, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I, I want to just ask you a question as, as, you, as we sit here. Which criminal are you? Are you the first? Looking back at your life and maybe even where you're at right now, you just you struggle with God because it's been you've been trying to control Him, and you've been more going to Him like the first criminal. Focus on physical, focus on what you're getting out of this, focus on controlling God and getting what you want. 
Or are you the second criminal? Have you come to this point in your life where you realize, I have nothing to offer God? As scripture says, my good works are as filthy rags. I have nothing to bring to the table. I have no bargaining chip. But I want Jesus. I pray that you take that free gift of salvation that Jesus died to give you. That scripture says that whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. Sometimes we struggle that it's that simple, but Jesus died to make it that simple. It has to be simple for us. So would you take that free gift? It's free, but it costs a lot. Would you take that free gift where you're sitting right now? There's no magical prayer. But you could go to him like, like the second criminal. God, I'm a, I know I'm a sinner. I've walked away from you. I'm, I'm in this mess and I deserve it. It's my mess. But I know that you came for more than just the physical. You came to hear me, heal me spiritually. And I'm taking that free gift of salvation, a reconnection back to God, seeing Jesus as the bridge back to God, a reconnection. And I'm committing my life to you. And Father, I, I pray for anybody who has not prayed that prayer yet. I, I pray they do. There is no uh, greater uh, act than the giving of our lives to you when it comes to us. There's no greater act than what you did for us on Good Friday. And we thank you so much for that. God, we remember you, we worship you, and we remember this day that costs so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you give it a share? It goes a long way. Also, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet. Hey, God has something for you today. Go after it. Blessings. Blessings.